Hello and welcome to the centre of Scotland. I'm here with Nature Reserve Manager Rory Richardson. Where are we, Rory? We're basically lying Badenoch, uh, about 10 miles from uh, Newton Moor and 10 miles from Roy Bridge and exactly three miles from the centre of Scotland. We're on a National Nature Reserve here. Which National Nature Reserve is it? This is Craig Meggie NNR. Uh, it's now about 30 years that we've been running and it's, this is my 20th year here, which is a privilege. And Craig Meggie's known for its mountains. We can see them up to our left in the sunshine here. Still a little bit of snow up at the top. Uh, Craig Meggie has three Munro's, Carn Leith, Craig Meggie itself and Stob Corrie. But down here in the lower part of the NNR, it's really coming back to life, isn't it? Yeah, it's quite amazing to see how the regeneration has come away now. Uh, the birch, rowan, there's oak, the Scots pine, aspen, and there was absolutely nothing. It used to be very heavily grazed, and it's just amazing just how well it's taken. And the, the nicest thing is the amount of visitors we've got here. We've got 30,000 visitors here. Yeah, but the lowlands have become so important because that's where the main um, tourists and visitors come and spend their time. And we've tried to make them look fantastic, and really it's all paying off now. Excellent, and really sort of to take advantage of this part of the NNR coming back to life and to encourage more people to come here and enjoy it. You've set up this pollinator trail, haven't you? We have. We have loads of, of wildflowers coming away now and it's just amazing. And at the moment there's loads of bluebells all around and really there's, there's loads of other plants here and it's just alive. And the pollinating trail has really drawn a lot of people in. They're coming into the car park and they're going around the two lowland paths of Anshean and the Alderwood and the feedback we're getting is just fantastic. At the moment it looks absolutely stunning. It's, it's a sunny day and you can go around and it's like a bit of heaven. And we're just standing here next to some agricultural fields. There's some Highland cows, a couple of calves as well. Why have you got Highland cows here, Rory? Well, we brought four Highland cows from um, over from the Isle of Rum. And basically, we had lots of area of millennia grass where there was just nothing coming through. Uh, we put the Highland cattle into there. Um, they dug it all up, manured it. The pH level's gone up, and we found it's just taken off with wildflowers. And they really do a fantastic job. We've got three new calves, um, Jock, Eck and Mary, in the last week as well. The visitors love them, but they do a fantastic job for the regeneration as well as the, the pollinators. So when we're talking about pollinators, what do we mean? So we're really talking here about bees, hoverflies, butterflies, and they're a real vital part of our biodiversity for flowers and for food and for farming and for other wildlife really really sort of connecting all of nature together but pollinators are in trouble they are and which is why we also plant wildflowers here as well we're trying our best to bring back as much so the the, the field bird project we maybe plant about a third of an acre in wildflowers and it, it just comes alive and i think that everything's looking on the up to be honest with you and i mean robbie burns britain's finest songwriter wrote about the wild rose and to be honest with you he'd be very inspired here and he would like to see this place the reason pollinators are in trouble is primarily loss of habitat as well as climate change and disease and pesticides and other things. But we've lost 97% of our wildflower meadows since 1930. And it's something that we're trying to do here is to try and reinvigorate that and create these corridors between the fragmented areas of wildflowers and give pollinators a bit more of a chance. And a, a recent study from the Centre of Ecology and Hydrology found that bees, wild bees and hoverflies are in massive decline, uh, not only in their range but also in their number. 
and that, that was much more noticeable in, in northern Britain. So here at Craig Meggy we're trying to reverse that trend. So we're overlooking the wildflower field now and all these flowers here are really important sources of protein and sugar. So they get the, the protein from the pollen and the sugar from the nectar and that's what keeps all these pollinators going and, and why these fields attract them so much. So Rory, tell us a bit about some of the wildflowers that you can see here at Craig Maggie. As I look up from the, the entrance just beside the car park here, for instance, looking down here, there's Tormental Potentilla recta. Now they say that the reason it's called Tormental, if you actually eat the flowers and you've got a sore stomach, it actually settles your stomach. And over there now we've got wild pansy, there's meadowsweet, lesser spearwort, and marsh marigold down there beside the wee burn, and also there's creeping buttercup. So really there's a really wide variety of uh, wildflowers here for the pollinators. Um, it looks just absolutely beautiful at the moment. So there is quite a lot of things that people can do at home to help to, to really rejuvenate pollinators across the country, isn't there? I mean, the most helpful thing that you can do is to provide food in the shape of pollinating friendly flowers. And pollination is a crucial factor in the continued survival of some of our rarest woodland plant species. No more so than at Loch Fleet NNR, as discovered recently by Adam and Stuart. So here we are at Loch Fleet. Um, it's a bit of a soggy day here, um, and I'm with Adam. Uh, and I'll let Adam introduce himself. Uh, hello, uh, I'm Adam. I'm the reserve manager for Loch Fleet National Nature Reserve. Yeah, as Stuart says, it's a bit of a soggy, wet day here today. Um, but we're just going to have a we walk down the path here and look at some of the uh, very rare and scarce plants we find here in Loch Fleet's Pinewood. So that's us, we've wandered down, I don't know, maybe about 50 metres, um, and Adam has taken us off the, the beaten path here, and you, you would walk by this place, Adam, um, very easily. You would do, yeah, I mean, we're only uh, maybe 10 metres off the edge of the path here, but we're standing sort of on the edge of a, one of Loch Fleet's highlights, which is Twinflower. Um, it's a very rare um, woodland uh, plant. Uh, it's classified as a pinewood herb. Um, it's a very dainty uh, little plant. It's little small pink uh, flowers. Um, I sort of liken them to a, an old-fashioned lamp post you'd get. You've one come up, and then you have two lamp, two coming off the top um, and hang the flowers and hang, hang down, back down towards the ground. Um, so, so it's, it's quite a large patch. Um, it's probably 10 metres across, maybe 5 metres. So it's a fairly large patch for twin flower. Um, uh, so it's, it's, uh, it's very important in terms of uh, fleets um, conservation. Um, it's part of uh, site special scientific interest as well. It's a notified feature of the site. So that's why we work hard to, to manage it and, and maintain its extent. And it's actually, I think, it's gradually starting to extend over the last couple of years as well. So that's that's good news. Um, maybe just the 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 kind of extension of of this patch. Just tell us how they go. They've been going about that. So uh, as part of the uh, North Highland Twin Flower Initiative um, last year, um, we had some people in from the initiative took cuttings from uh, Twin Flower, uh, and they were propagating them with the idea of uh, moving them uh, and growing them on and replanting them somewhere else. Um, Loughly is potentially been identified as a as a clone bank so, so essentially it's a, to protect uh, twin flower populations for here and for across the highlands of Scotland um, and the idea being that we take clones from other sites bring them in here 
and plant them on. So we get a bit of genetic diversity within the woodland here um, and that's really important in terms of maintaining that uh, the overall extent of the coverage of this particularly uh, wonderful uh, pine woodland uh, flower. So we're um, we're going to move on from here, Adam. Um, the rain is um, still falling here. Um, we've got our hoods up, uh, and just before we move on, um, we should raise our eyes up a wee bit and just explain the the, the rest of the landscape here. So what 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 are we seeing here in front of us? So here in front of us, we're looking up. Um, we've got Scots pine. Um, Scots pine trees that have been here for. Um, decades and decades and they're quite mature Scots pine. Uh, we've got a sort of an understory of birch and uh, rowan um, also blaeberry here as well um, some heather on uh, ground floor as well um, so it's a, it's a, it's a classic uh, native Scots pine woodland um, it's, uh, it's, we manage it for uh, native Scots pine woodland but also it's got to be managed in balance with the, the nationally scarce and extremely rare, rare plants and species that, that live here as well and we're on the hunt for another rare plant, which um, only flowers um, around about this time of year. And um, a, a, this is a particularly important place for it in, in Scotland. Um, so give us the name of it and um, tell us just a, a wee bit about what we're about to, to find. Well, it's, its Latin name is uh, Menisis uniflora, but it's probably more commonly known as um, one-flowered wintergreen. Um, Historically, it's also been called St. Olaf's Candlestick. Um, Alex, I'll try and explain why I think it's called that. I don't think the, the actual reason why it's not, it's, uh, we don't really know why it's called that, but um, it is rare. Um, approximately 90% of the UK population, or the UK known population, lives uh, in Loch Fleet. So it's an extremely important site for that species. Um, uh, and it is only found across Scotland, as far as we know. Um, it's a, a plant that's associated with uh, Caledon, ancient Caledonian pine forests, so there are some remnants of it in the Cairngorms as well. Um, but again, the, the largest population that is known to, to researchers is, is, is here. We're completely relying on you here, Adam, to show us the way, so <laughs> let's make our way, um, yeah. and uh, when, when we get there we'll uh, describe a wee bit about what more we see. So we're down here in the, the heart of the reserve now and um, we're just um, standing opposite uh, a rather fetching hide marker here which is the, the sign down to the, the bird hide at uh, Loch Fleet and um, just opposite that um, on the verge and um, just to the top of Adam's toe we're looking down at um, this little beautiful flower that Adam introduced us to so um, you had a theory as to how it came by its name Adam so just describe the this little flower here and um, tell us a wee bit more about it so it's, it's a, a tiny white flower um, it's single single flower like the twin flower um, five uh, petals around the outside um, a green stalk in the middle, um, uh, and it's a tiny little, little comes out one flower out of each little re rosette that, and sort of this open ground that's around it. It's quite a lot dominated this one here, dominated around uh, by sort of mosses, um, so they prefer to go in. But yeah, as I said before, uh, one of its other names is St. Olaf's Candlestick, 
Um, now I, I think there's my my theory as to why it's called that is if you if you look at it very gently, fold the flower back, uh, it looks like an old uh, sort of candlestick. Um, uh, there's the green stem in the middle, uh, basically at the top of the candle with the wax dripping down around the outside. Um, but it is, a, it is a glorious little flower. Um, it's quite close to the edge of the path here, but it's one you probably would just, you, you may not notice if you, you stop to have a look at it. Um, it is a, it's quite a spectacular and very special, very rare flower for, for Scotland. And there's, there's not many uh, insects flying around today, given the weather, but um, I imagine that uh, given that they're bent over slightly just when they come out, they provide um, a great um, source of pollen for 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 bees. Oh, undoubtedly, uh, uh, and other, and other insects as well are important pollinators. Um, we do have some uh, bees in the woodlands. Uh, we've got some blavery uh, bumblebees, and they tend to specialise for blavery. But suddenly, you get other insects. Um, it's a wee bit damp today. There's not much flying around today, but on, on a warmer, sunny day, you'll find a lot more uh, sort of pollinators uh, flying about. Um, here, uh, certainly using the one for wintergreen and even uh, using the twin flower as well. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit damp today. It's not too much uh, insect activity today. No, no, there's not. <laughs> certainly, certainly is not. Um, now, just describe here the, the sort of habitat that this um, wee flower um, likes to um, grow up in. Um, it's quite different, this wee patch here that we're looking at, so I think someone's had their hand in looking after it. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So most of the, the pine wood through here um, is, is sort of heather dominant, as you'd expect, um, under a Scots pine pine wood. But the bit we're actually sit, standing on the edge here now, um, it's very open. Um, there are wee bits of uh, a heathers and heathers coming through. There are some uh, wee sprigs of of, of uh of heather, but it's mostly dominated by uh, by mosses, and they, they they like that open habitat. They can't because they're quite small flower. They can't compete with uh, the larger larger heathers and grasses. Um, but the area we're sitting on, the next side here, as we've been managing um, by removing some of the the gorse that was invading this area. So we've pruned that back um, to maintain that sort of open habitat, um, which is so important for maintaining this sort of unique and very very scarce uh, species. And just lastly, Adam, in terms of um, this wee patch, I don't know, maybe it's about five metres by five metres that we're, we're looking at here. How how does that um, equate with where we might see this elsewhere on the reserve? So this this is probably one of the one of the larger areas. It's one of the areas probably because it has been actively managed. But there are other areas throughout where you might find two or three. They, they will range in the range in size. You may find sort of meter square patches, even down to sort of even sort of thirty meter thirty centimeters by uh, you know by by thirty centimeters. Um, but let's say this is one of the larger larger areas. Um, really, you go in and you find where you have open ground as I was describing before. Which is largely devoid of heather. You, you you have a good look around. You you may find either fl either in, in flower or even sort of the evidence of the rosettes uh, sitting there uh, waiting to waiting to come out.